The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. You are tuned into Inspire FM 105.1 FM. Welcome to Mother's Planet, a show where there is always something to talk about in a productive and beneficial way. Now, listeners, I've had some time off, so um, uh, I hope the new year has been a good start. So um, I can't believe we're almost halfway through the month, but I am your host, Neelam, this morning. And joining me on the show is my guest, Shazia. I will get Shazia to formally introduce herself to the listeners shortly. But first, Sonicum and good morning, Shazia. Assalamualaikum. Very nice to see you after a while. I know it's been a very long time, Shazia. And uh, mashallah, Shazia, you haven't changed in the time that I haven't seen you. You look exactly the same. In fact, you look younger. So you're doing well, whatever it is you're doing. It might be the camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing well. So, Shazia, how has your week been? My week's been busy. Yeah, and just and- like every other week, it's just been busy. Yeah, I know. And, you know, can you believe that we're almost um, towards the end of I can't believe we're halfway through January. I can't, you know, yeah. that. I, have you got used to writing 23 instead of 22 yet? There are still times when I'm writing 2022. 20, oh, I know. It it's... will take, I think it will take a couple of months to get back to 2023. Yes, I know. I know. And then we'll have to be bracing ourselves to write 2024 then, I think, by the time we've got used to it. Uh, so Shazia, how's the weather? You know, are you do you mind the rain? Are you okay with rain and the wind, or do you prefer the sun? I do prefer the sun, but there's nothing wrong with the rain. Yeah, I know. I I find it that uh, you know I say this all the time, but the the rain always times it when I'm doing um, the school runs. So whenever I'm heading out to go and get the kids from school, I'm having to um, get wet. And, and, and it's not nice. So uh, I don't like that part of uh, dealing with the rain because I think it's um, it's always timed well. And it, it's, it's horrible getting the kids when it's wet because they keep the kids under the shelter. So you have to sort of find your children. So, um, yeah, it's been crazy. But, yeah, the kids are back to school. Um, I found that very hard because we got used to the late nights and late mornings um did, did you did you find that you were getting used to having that extra time um well i have the teenagers so i don't have to worry about school run anymore yes. but yes getting back into the structure of getting up early is hard yes yes it is and i find it even harder in the winter because you're just it's warm and cozy in bed and you just want to stay in bed so i feel like i didn't make enough of the lions um over the christmas holiday so i keep saying to the kids that on the weekends just don't bother me let me try and make up that time that i've lost so oh bless (laughs) i just don't feel i have enough sleep but i blame my two-year-old for that but that's another story in itself um so shazia i always like to um ask my listeners in the mornings uh, what kind of brew they're having in the morning with me. So are you a coffee or a tea? What kind of drinker are you? I'm usually a tea person. Ah, good. I've had a lot of guests on my show that have come in and said they like their coffee and I can't get my head around coffee. Have you ever tried coffee? Do you like coffee? I have tried coffee, but I do find coffee a little bit bitter. So I do prefer my tea. Yes, I have to agree with you. I, I find that coffee leaves a lingering taste in my mouth. So have you got your brew with you this morning or have you had your cup? I've, I've just got my glass of water. I've had my tea this morning. Uh, okay, yes, no, because I've got my big mug to keep me going through the show, hopefully. So listeners, I turn to you and I ask what kind of brew you're having this morning. Do share it with us. Um, are you a coffee drinker, a, a hot drink drinker, or like Shazia, are you having just a glass of water? Uh, do let us know uh, on the studio number 0779481822 what kind of brew you have with us this morning. Now, listeners, we are live on air, reaching out to all our listeners in Luton and surrounding areas. 
And that's through the airwaves at Inspire FM 105.1 FM. Listeners can also connect through TuneIn via the Inspire FM webpage and through the Inspire FM app on your smartphone, so you have no excuse to miss the f- uh, shows now. Uh, we are also live as an audio on the Inspire FM Facebook page where you must like the show and you can also leave any comments or questions around today's topic. As always, and mentioned before, I am taking in text or WhatsApp messages on the studio number 0779-481822. Now, in today's show, my guest uh, Shazia and I will be talking about driving. Um, now, uh, this is I've, I've been desperate to have Shazia on the show because uh, I've got a lot of things to vent out about the, the drivers on the road and, and my own personal driving as well. But I wanted to hear Shazia's experience and also some advice for those um, who are tuned in this morning that have, perhaps have teens that are looking uh, to learn to drive or ready to drive. Um, and maybe some tips and, um, and advice that Shazia could um, share with us around that. But thank you, Shazia. I know you are very busy and I know that you had a lesson this morning as well. So, you know, you've been on the go-go this morning. So I do appreciate you taking the time out to join me this morning. Um, now, before I carry on and bombard you with all my questions, I think it'd be only fair that the listeners hear from you and I just get you to um, briefly introduce yourself to us. Okay, so obviously my name is Shazir Avzal and I've been instructing for a little bit over eight years now and my driving school is called Optimistic Drive. Wow, mashallah, eight years. So do you, do, you, do you enjoy it? Would you say this, you know, you found your calling, this is this is what you wanted to be? Um, and obviously, originally, I did do the training for teaching. And mm. this was the side job on the side, but it actually worked out well around the children. Mm. So I started off to just train as an ADI, but it actually worked quite well for me. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And and then do you enjoy it? I do enjoy it because I only do the few hours. Yes. So my I stay nice and fresh for my pupils and mm. I do enjoy it, yes. And I fit it around all my daily tasks and stuff. But obviously, I did the one session this morning. I've yeah. come to yourself and then I'll be out for one more session later on. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. And I, th- and I really admire you because, you know... Um, you are juggling home life and you know motherhood and as well as that you're you're doing what your passion is um in working and and getting some safe drivers on the road uh, so um you were saying that you um initially wanted to be a teacher uh, so you moved away from that to then go on to driving so what kind of experience or um you know qualifications do you need as a driver so as a driver or as a driving instructor driving instructor yes driving driver is a whole different story isn't it (laughs) so for a driving instructor there's three parts of the training so the first part is actually the theory test Mm -hmm. where the pass mark is obviously much higher than what a pupil would get Mm -hmm. after that then you have the practical driving test which includes motorway driving and all the maneuvers and everything Mm-hmm. And then after that is part three training, which is student training. Okay. And that's how, how you would manage your students or, or do they put different students in front of you and you've got to? So previously when I did pass, um, we our examiners used to become our students. Uh, so you have a set of lesson plans and they will tell you what level they're working at, what lesson plan is planned for them and then see how we're going to address it. Okay. But now it has actually become a little bit easier because your examiners sit in the back and you can take a student of your choice, but they're still obviously assessing your ability to teach that lesson plan according to the level of your student. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Shazia, you mentioned motorway driving. Now, um, back in the days, I used to be a really good driver on the motorway, um, and this is pre-children. And then after I had my first, it was just like this switch that just turned off, and I had a fear... And um, I did I did tackle the motorway uh, maybe a couple of times after my first. But the more children I had and the bigger uh, my car got, I just I, I've now got to that point where 
I just block. I don't go onto the motorway, and um, I just can't do the motorway, you know. And and so um, based on your based on my uh, fear of the motorway, do you have uh, such a thing where lessons are created for people like myself that are drivers, but obviously just want to get that confidence about going onto the motorway? Yes, it is. It's all about your skill set. So obviously, if you have a fear of the motorway, you can take obviously some extra training for mm-hmm. the motor. And it's all about confidence. The more you're going to practice something, the better you're going to get at it. Yeah. So I, I just a little bit, yeah, more formal training is required for yourself. Just it's a matter of obviously you drove on the motorway before, mm. so it's nothing new. And it's just a matter of gain, gaining that sort of skill set back that you can actually drive on the motorway and be confident on the motorway and also be a safe driver. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think it's only because when, I mean, it's always different when you sit as a passenger. And I wanted to ask you this, because when you sit with your students, you're effectively a passenger and the student is in control to an extent of the car. Um, You know, and when I sit in the motorway driving with my husband and he's driving and I see somebody do a move, I think... I'm not sure I would have had the instinct of reacting to that or I would have timed it as well as he did. There are, I mean, drivers have got, I I feel, more dangerous over the years and people take more risks now when driving. And, And there's more cars on the road now than there were, you know, a few years ago. So I think that's the other factor. But do you find that you're sort of gritting your teeth when you've got your students about you know holding on to dear life oh I don't know how they're driving or you know are you quite a calm and relaxed person generally I'm a very calm and collective person and being an instructor is about being in control of the actual session so you know your student you know the ability of your student so you wouldn't actually take them into an area that they're actually not capable of driving in and you don't you know, lean them into it slowly rather than put them in your in a situation where you don't have control or they don't have control. So it's a matter of knowing your student and their ability. Yes. And the slow progression, obviously, to that skill set. Yeah. And so um, the, the car that you teach on, is, is, is this a manual or an automatic? I teach on a manual. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so you have the dual control of the pedals and um, have you ever had to use it, Shazia? I have used my jewels on a many many occasions. Yes, yes. I'm going to get to that uh, shortly with some questions there. But um, so, Shazia, yeah, you know, because the traffic laws are const- constantly changing. I find, you know, there's there's rules and regulations out there. Do do you, as a driving instructor, um, have to uh, independently stay up to date with these, or um, as a driving instructor, are you given information constantly um, by the driving authorities? Um, this is the law changes. Yeah, so we have DVOSA that obviously update us with any new changes all the time. Um, I'm also subscribed to the Intelligent Instructor subscription. So on a weekly basis, they update you on new stuff that is happening on the roads. And it's very important as an instructor to keep up to date with the new rules and regulations because they are always changing. Yes, yes, absolutely. And and it's very hard um to keep up with them so does that also give you um that kind of information because i don't know if, if you i mean recently in luton we've had so many um road blockages road works um because there's a lot of um this new broadband fitting that's going around the town um do you get advanced information on that so do you know that okay avoid these areas if i'm taking anyone out to practice their driving not to go down these areas or is it a bit of a gamble do you just say oh okay there's how are you are you in the know yeah now ideally luton is actually not a very big town so you would know what was going on i'm also involved in a small group a forum of friends that are all instructors so if there are blockages or if there's any incidents going on they tend to notify you that you know stay clear of this area but ideally even those areas you will actually be driving in those areas because you're also building the ability of your students because your students will have to have scenarios like that they will have to face so it's all about being aware of situations anticipating what may happen and addressing it as it comes and when it comes yes i can tell that you're a very good driving instructor already because yes it's the reality of driving being stuck in uh, in that kind of situation and um having uh, to deal with it so um from your experience do you think that now um 
passing a driving test has become more difficult than it was a few years ago? I don't know about a few years ago, but maybe back to when I passed my test, things mm. have obviously changed drastically over the years. Yeah. Like you said, there's a lot more cars out on the roads. There's a lot more traffic, a lot more hazards that you have to deal with. And yes, we do have a lot of fast drivers out on the road. So mm. I think all of that does add to it. And then with obviously um, like the roadworks that are going on day by day, I just seem to there's more and more roadworks every day, which obviously contribute to that as well. Yeah. So there is a lot more going on. There is. And and, and it's quite, um, because uh, back in the days, I mean, I think you and I are probably from the same generation, but when, when I passed my um, driving test, I had to sit um, an online uh Multi, uh, multi, uh, multitask question and it was just um, me answering the questions and I, and I think the threshold is getting over 30 or something out of 35 and uh, that was it you get your results instantly and that was it and then you had to sit the theory the driving test um, in itself has it changed uh, from then because I'm now my eldest is uh, 15 so she's 16 next month so I, I haven't really gone out there and seen the changes so has it changed a lot from that yeah since then obviously um going back to my times so obviously i think i'm a generation before yours i didn't actually have the theory when i took my test okay, okay. so which was many years ago but yes theory since september 2020 it has changed you do have the multiple choice questions which are the pass mark is a 43 out of and 57 minutes to complete it and then also you've got the hazard perception bit that you have to obviously click on hazards and pass that bit as well. And they've got case studies that where you have to answer about three questions on the video clips as well. So there's a lot more added to the actual theory now as well. Yeah, I think that hazard perception test is actually quite good because um, it, it's it's real time. It's real. That's what's out there. So you've got to it's just gauging someone's um, attention really isn't it to know that they've got the grasp to if this came your way um, have you have you obviously have been exposed to it so you know how it works the these tests yes so it's all about awareness and planning so with hazards it's like seeing things in good time if you are looking too close up and you're not seeing something happening you are not going to be able to react to it so it's all about looking further ahead planning and again it's all about the anticipation of the areas you're driving in and the possibilities of what may happen yeah absolutely uh, so listeners if you have just tuned in this morning i have the lovely guest uh, shazia with me this morning who is a driving instructor and we are talking all about driving this morning so if you have any questions that you'd like to ask shazia please do text in or whatsapp to the studio 0779481822 uh, now um shazia you know obviously every student that you faced is is different you know so um do you do you have to um is there do you have a, a specific lesson plan um how do you tailor towards your students you know do you give them any course material any, any how, how do you work with your students so it does depend on lesson plans and then also depends on the ability of your student you need to remember that everybody's going to be different everybody's going to perceive the information differently as well some people obviously take a little bit longer some people are quick to grasp the information so it really does depend on your student and what they need to help them so we've got diagrams we do we do use video clips i do sort of tell my students you know watch videos on certain certain lesson plans to help them as well so it's all about visual aids as well as um practically doing the tasks as well yes absolutely um and, and you know going back to my driving uh, lessons um it was all about maneuvers i don't recall ever having that kind of um material ever shared with me uh from my driving instructor and i remember um he was just adamant that i learned how to do all the um key maneuvers is that still the case is maneuvers still as important as it was years ago Maneuvers are obviously important, but it is also about your engagement with the road conditions and how you're going to drive in different types of roads. So you've got your residential areas, your school zones, you've got your slip ends, your dual carriageways. So it's all the interaction of the different areas and the abilities to drive in those areas as well as your maneuvers. So maneuvers are important, but so is your general drive. 
Yeah, and and I think we're quite lucky in Luton actually because we do have those kind of um, different areas that you can practice on. Whereas I was um, I was born and bred in London, so it was it was just traffic lights and you know uh, a lot of traffic. We we came across a few roundabouts, but not many. So it was very. Um, you know, main roads uh, and busy, busy junctions and things like that. But I never actually got to experience like the slip end, the dual carriageways, because there weren't that many around at that time then for me to be exposed to. So I think maybe some of my fear might be stemming from that as well, not having the exposure to it as well. So, uh, Shazia, how are you as a passenger in in general when you have... um, a family member. Um, uh, ah, okay, yes, I have a question that's come through, and I, I don't know, Shazia, if you can answer this. But um, I, we heard, um, I've heard that it's illegal to drive in flip flops. You know, there was a big um, newspaper article that actually went around out this. Is is that the case? It is actually not illegal to drive in flip flops, but it is not obviously safe to drive in flip flops. So there's no law that's been passed that you can't drive in them. But if there was an incident, obviously if your footwear is not correct, um, yeah. some insurance companies can have a problem with paying out because then obviously you were not wearing suitable footwear at the time. That does depend on obviously personal um, insurance companies and what their protocols are. Yes, yes. Uh, And it's true. I mean, uh, back in the days when I was learning how to drive, and I remember my driving instructor said to me, Needham, you need to stop. But I used to wear different footwear intentionally. So I would wear heels, I would wear shoes, I would wear trainers, I would wear my sandals in every lesson. And, And then he asked me what I was doing. And he, you know, I said, it's not a fashion show. I know. It's just, I want to be used to driving in all my footwear because, you know, in reality, I had a friend that had passed her driving test before me and she used to carry a pair of trainers around in her car. So every time she wanted to drive, she would just take her shoes off and put her trainers on and then drive. And I thought, I don't want to be like that because I want to be able to drive. But in hindsight, do you think that's actually the safest option well the sense if you're a new driver the sensible option is to actually stick to the same footwear because you are obviously grasping the pedals at that point so it is good to actually stick to the same footwear but as you obviously progress you need to be able to adapt to different types of footwear and driving comfortably in them however heels i would not suggest because what happens with heels is i'm not sure if you realize if you've got a nice pair of heels your heels actually do get damaged when you are driving So, again, it is about suitable footwear, and I would always think about suitable footwear when driving. So are you you quite strict with your uh, students? You know, have you made it clear that they need to be in the right footwear for this? Yes, I always do say it doesn't matter if they switch their shoes, but it has to be something suitable for driving. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's really um, important that that's the case. So... Um, now, I talked about having the dual pedal um, on your um, car. So uh, how how have you or how do you handle the um, emergency situation? Because I know uh, you have to do the emergency brake um, uh, and that's part of the practice. So, you know, um, uh, how have you when you said that you've had to put your foot down on the pedal a, a couple of times throughout your lessons? uh how, how has it felt, you know, because you are, as you say, quite calm and collective. So have you ever sat in a lesson and thought, whoa, I, my heart's just skipped to beat, you know, or that was too difficult. I don't know how that um, how that uh, was. You know, how do you cope with the emergency break? OK, so with that kind of situation, as a driving instructor, if there is a hazard approach and you know that your student isn't actually reacting in good time, you would see the hazard before it's happened. That's probably when you would actually deal them at that point if they haven't reacted in good time. But even though I'm an instructor, you need to remember I am a human being and there has been incidents when my students have actually surprised me and I've had to use the dual because I wasn't actually expecting that from them. But as an instructor, no matter how good your student is, you need to always be on guard and see everything happening in good time and be able to react in good time. But then as instructors, yeah, mistakes can be made. Yes, yes. Uh, So, um so, you know, g- generally speaking, I've had a question come through about somebody that's looking to uh, do her um, uh, driving lessons and, and she finds um, 
it's quite expensive so generally you know um do all driving instructing companies uh, charge the same is there are you given a price band and and told to work around this or do you all charge differently so if you're under a company you will obviously be charging what the company charges at and at that rate majority of stu- um, instructors out there are charging around the same prices but there is a slight variation so some you will get a little bit cheaper and then some you will get a little bit more expensive but you're talking about a few quid here and there yeah so it's not it's you know yeah exactly. it's not a vast vast sort of price difference between what an instructor is going to be charging you yeah it's a, it's a bit much of a much so i guess it's who you feel confident with really isn't it yes. um, and 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 so you know do you offer trial lessons you know do you do you say to your students or do you just go for it and say look i'm i'm going to be your instructor so it does depend on usually it is the first um student and the first lesson and depending on how they feel and we take it from there but it is just an instructor to start off with and it's up to them on what they wish to do yes absolutely now shazia i'm sure you're as shocked as i am but we have actually reached uh, the first half of our show so we are going to go on a, a short commercial break um so listeners if you have uh, just tuned in where have you been um i have shazia this morning and we are talking about driving and uh, some of the rules and regulations around it and uh, she has unveiled and uh, removed the myth about the flip-flops as well so there are some uh, horrific rumors going around about what you can and can't drive in um so if you have any questions around the topic please do uh, message in but for now if whatever brew that you are having with me this morning this is your chance to go refill that brew and join me after a short commercial break inshallah assalamu alaikum assalamu alaikum this is atif nawaz listen to inspire fm shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on apple podcasts or spotify Good morning and assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Mother's Planet. I'm your host Neelam and joining me this morning is Shazia. Uh, assalamu alaikum Shazia. Wa alaikum assalam. So Shazia is a wonderful driving instructor who's taken the time out this morning uh, to join me on the show where we are talking about driving and um how uh, I guess it's changed over the years and um the way people are driving now as well so i guess i wanted to ask you that question um shazia because do you find i mean i'm sure you have a very number of students that come to you do you find that um because i mean i've been driving for a number of years so i know i've picked up some bad habits because sometimes you know the mirror maneuver and all of those little things i'm i know i'm not consciously checking and doing and having both steering wheels not crossing your arms when you do a turn so i know i've i've picked up some bad habits and um i've actually moved from driving um a manual to an automatic and i have to say it's been a godsend honestly i i when i moved from a driving a, a manual to an automatic i i i was adamant that i stuck with driving a manual because i said no i need to be in control of the car i like all of this and i, I want to do anything uh, or i want to do all the moves myself i don't want the car to take control of me and then when i went on to an automatic i thought where has this been all my life and i think it's just one less thing to worry about when you have children in the car um especially especially um at the roundabouts i find that when i get to roundabouts i don't have to go a lower gear and then increase my gear and um, and what have you so um yeah do you feel that some of the students that are coming up to you uh, you know are watching and observing their parents or, or you know if there are older people that are coming to you they have um picked up bad habits Yes so obviously experienced drivers once you have passed your test um it's obviously safe to stick to the rules and that's why the rules are being implemented but you do get a lot of drivers that once they have passed they forget about all the rules and regulations and they become quite aggressive drivers i would say on most occasions but all those little things that you're probably missing can cause you an issue out on the roads so it is best to stick to what you've been taught by your instructor and drill that into your everyday driving that will keep you safe and you will have less anxiety out on the roads because you're more in control of what you're actually doing at that point 
Yes, absolutely. And and um and I and I guess you know when you are uh, you'd know your best because I, I as a primary school teacher when I would be teaching my children I would look at some of them and I would know I know where you're heading in a few years time so do you ever get that feeling when you're when you've got a student that's driving in a certain way do you feel that I know what kind of driver this person's going to be you wouldn't know a hundred percent because obviously everybody's different but yes you would know that with, I don't want to be biased and say that certain students are in a certain way, but a lot of the youngsters do have the speed element and then bringing their speed down can take a long time. But then as an instructor, it's actually our job to tell them of all the risk factors that are involved with that speed. And as you see, obviously, there's more and more accidents out on the road and more teens are actually involved in this. I do actually think that the driving, even though they do the driving practical driving test, they should be a little bit more implemented to actually pass your test, even though the test is quite hard to pass at the moment. But it's all about keeping yourself safe. I would rather a student pass and be safe rather than be fast and aggressive and then obviously something to happen later on in life. Mm-hmm. So um, we've had a couple of messages come through. Um, I think it's uh, Sister Shabana has just said that um, Shazia is a brilliant uh, instructor. So uh, she's she's obviously uh, a student uh, or a past student. And so she's uh, praising you there, uh, Shazia. So, um, yes, and we've had another one come through. Um, and I guess it's a, again around the whole footwear concept, um, uh, driving um, an automatic um barefoot <laughs> and that's come through it, it, can you drive a car barefoot I d- I'm I would have to say no <laughs> yeah it is actually probably not suitable to be driving barefoot and Shabana that has actually texted in she's actually an instructor herself uh, but she's on leave at the moment because she's just had um she's looking after her children at home and uh, she will hopefully be back on the road soon as well Oh, big shout out to Shabana then. Has she, has she just had um, a baby, did you say? Um, I think her baby is coming to about a year old now, so she's had a bit of time off, but she will be back on the road soon. Oh, lovely. Okay, thank you so much for your text there. Uh, so, um, so, so you know, when we do the driving test itself, um, I remember them being uh, minors and, uh, you know, obviously a major was a fail. But there was a certain number of minors one could have before it could eventually possibly lead to a fail. Has that, has that protocol still remained the same or is it a bit different now how they assess uh, people for um, driving tests? I'm a little bit unsure about the change, but I do know that there's if there's 15 minors spread over the sheet in different categories, that becomes a serious fault. Yeah. Um, if you are getting 15 minors on your practical driving test, that still does actually show you, even if you're getting 14, 13 or 10, it does show you that you do actually need a lot more practice out on the roads because every minor that you are actually making is actually a potential serious as well. And there's five minors in one category. So if you made like five gear choices that were wrong, you would fail in that category of gear choice. Uh, okay, okay, okay. That's that's a different thing in there as well. So um, I had a question come in earlier on in the week, actually. I did um, uh, send out everyone... Um, notification that i will have you on the show so if there are any questions and um and it was from a parent who um isn't luton based but it's in london so i'm not sure if it varies in towns and i'm not sure if you have any uh, knowledge in this field either but it's about booking driving tests have you found that this this is uh, becoming a bit of an issue or it's a bit difficult at the moment it is actually quite difficult to book a test at the moment. DVL, I think it is showing about 12 to 16 weeks and plus for a test date. But I do think it actually takes a little bit longer. Since COVID, there's been such a backlog and they haven't actually been able to put things back into place since then. So it is quite difficult to be, uh, book in a practical test at the moment. Yes. She has a very eager teen at home who's desperate. He's passed his... Um, the the theory test and he he now just wants to do the practical um but she's just i, I think um it's released every monday so you you have to just wait every monday for a slot and then they seem to be going very quickly so she's finding it very difficult to get him booked on so there is there is obviously a national yeah, issue we- yeah, with the Mondays, I'm really unsure when actually the tests are actually released. But if you do actually log into the system and if you're looking on a regular basis, 
cancellation dates do pop up here and there but that is you being on the system like non-stop checking like a couple of times a day and you would find a slot but if her team is obviously very eager to pass i would still say don't rush into passing your tests because the the most important thing is that you want your child safe out on those roads so even if it takes a little bit longer i'm actually absolutely fine with that i've got a 19 year old that hasn't passed his test yet and i'm going to wait until he's ready to actually be out on those roads so it's you know you want them to be safe and that's the most important thing Yes, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, Shazia, because uh, um, I did a lot of lessons with my dad and I remember there was this one corner that I just could not master. And my dad um, was like, oh, you're never going to pass your driving test if you can't do this um, uh, manoeuvre. And and I, I don't know if it was reverse psychology or if, if it was just like, no, I'm definitely going to try and get this corner reverse done. But, you know, it was very different, obviously, part, uh, driving with my dad than it was driving with my instructor. Would you say you're quite firm with your with your son, uh, with your children when you when you have them in the dri- uh, driver's seat? Do you, are you or would you just look at them and treat them like a student? Oh, that doesn't actually work when they're your children. So yeah. the professionalism actually does not work when it's your own child because those um, the borderline is not there. So the children will obviously take it. When you give them an inch, they take a mile. And then my professionalism is really, really hard to actually teach my children. So I did teach my elder two. They have passed, but I did struggle to actually get them to that ability. And the younger one, we're just taking our time. So there's no rush. When he's ready, we'll take him to the test. Yes, good. So, so yeah, it, I, I think it's very different because I remember in lockdown, you know, I'm, I'm a school teacher, but when it came to teaching my own children, my patience just went totally out the window. And it was just like, you know, I would never be like this in a classroom with children I don't know, but it's just very diff- different when it's your own child. Yes, I totally agree with you. The professionalism totally goes out the window then. It's, it's your so mum everything else than you like you know so um have you ever had a student that you feel actually isn't ready to to sit their test but they've gone ahead and booked a test and and actually surprised you well the thing is obviously now you need to think of it as as an instructor you get students doing that to you all the time but then you have to think about your reputation is actually on the line and students don't actually realize that what happens is there's obviously a new um, legislation that is out if you are bringing a student into a test and they are getting more than five minors on like you know, or a dangerous fault, you are actually um, eligible to go back into for a standard check. So you're putting your reputation online for that student. So you have to actually stick to being quite firm with your students. And if they're not ready, you, you really cannot take them in. Wow. Okay. So do you have actual control over whether they can or can't book a test or is it literally it's the balls in um, there? Well, yeah, well, they do book their tests themselves. But then if they are not ready, I've already told them, I'll keep the get the guidelines quite clear. If they're not ready, I'm not actually taking them in. Because then it's the reputation of you as an ADI. Also, you are risking your vehicle and other people out on the roads when you're allowing them to go out to a test when they are not ready. And then if they were to fluke the test and pass it, you've actually got a dangerous driver out on the roads then. So it's a lot to think about. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I think it's very... Um... Yeah, I didn't realise that it, the the repercussions it could have on the actual driving instructor itself as well for students that aren't passing. So, so that's something to consider. But yes, I, I, you know, I, um, I was listening to a talk by Hamza Youssef, and he mentioned about um, driving a vehicle is like having a weapon because you. And, and when he described that, I, th- I sat back and I thought it's so true because. It, you know, it's a big thing to have a car in your control. So it's like having a weapon because you, you will stop when you want to stop. You will take that turn. You will, you know, take that light. You will do however, you know, you are the person in control of that car. So whatever kind of person you are, uh, wherever your destination is, you are controlling that vehicle. So it's a real big deal. And, and, you know, do you find Shazia that the, the younger generation, are are failing to understand the importance of of this it is so true because obviously driving comes with maturity mm. and teenager will teenagers will take a little bit longer to mature and identify what is important in life now obviously to pass your test you don't need to do no motorway driving which obviously i know that dvsa do need to look into things like this because 
you can pass your test on uh, residential areas and slip roads and dual carriageways, but you do not have to actually go on a motorway and pass your test. Now, you've given a license to a teenager or any driver at all, and they can actually go onto the motorway as soon as they have that license. So, it's, you know, they do need to look into further training for people. So, they're, one, they're more confident on the motorways, but I would always suggest to my students that they need to take some form of further training before they go into a motorway and not just take their car out into the motorway just because they've passed their licence. So, actually, as a driving instructor, are you allowed to take students onto the motorway? Yes, we are allowed to take students out onto the motorway now, yes. That's good. So, And do you? To tell you the truth, I haven't actually taken any students personally out onto the motorway because, like you say, it's a very it's a costly business for them to actually be training in the first place. And we mainly train them for all the stuff that's going to come out for on the test, even though the dual carriageways are similar to motorways. But a motorway is still very different and you've got higher speeds. You've got more um, things and more observations to make and things like that. So we don't, I, don't, I haven't got to the stage of actually teaching someone on the motorway, but I know my colleagues actually do take out students on motorways, but that's if the student actually wants to go on a motorway because yes. you do have to address the lesson around them and what they would like for that session. Absolutely, yes, yes. So, um, you know, um, you have had uh, students that have passed, obviously. Uh, how does that make you feel, you know, uh, uh, when you see a student pass? like with any teacher you'd actually feel very proud and you know that you're actually doing your job right so it's a relief for them that when they pass it's like an accomplishment and for yourself you you kind of tell yourself yes i've done something obviously i'm teaching in the right way because as teachers there are there's times when you doubt your teaching ability and you just think okay maybe with teachers it's always about progression as well so it's all about changing your strategies with your students on how you can actually help them and when they do pass it is actually a relief as well as being very happy for them actually accomplishing something as well yes and i and i think you you tend to build a sort of relationship with them in the car over that time when you've known them for a while so yes yeah and that's quite nice and and i guess it's probably a bit emotional for you as well when you do see students pass because then you know that that car journey that you've had with them the conversations because a lot must get I'm sure a lot, um, I I remember when I was doing mine, I was doing A-levels at the time. So my driving instructor, my poor driving instructor heard all about my exams and the pressure and the stress and how I was feeling. So, you know, I I used to use that opportunity to drive and also offload. So do you find that? Do you find that students offload other things to you as well? Always. So with being an ADR, you're partially a counsellor as well, but you have to obviously stay professional, not to obviously into their private business but yes it is like a lot of women out there actually because my clientele is mainly female a lot of people actually come out for driving for to get out of the house and a bit of social life as well so it's not always about learning how to drive it's the interaction that we are obviously over time getting less and less of so that human interaction is very important as well and I guess in 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 another way, uh, talking and driving, it's a skill that you need to have because in the real world, yes. that is what we are doing. If we've got passengers in the car, you're not going to be, I can't talk to you because I'm driving. You have to be able to multitask and have a conversation and drive safely. So I guess in that way, it's a skill that they're trying to, you're, you're well, there yes. It definitely is. And again, it depends on the student and the level of their ability to drive. So you would know when a student can actually have a conversation with yourself and stay focused on the road as well at the same time. Because once you pass, you can have friends in your car, you're going to have maybe children in the back crying. So even though you've got distractions, you need to make sure that you are focused on what is happening up ahead. Yes, yes. So Shazia, I'm I'm really curious about a question that I have because... We've got a lot of roundabouts in the town, but then when I went to Milton Keynes, I realised that actually Luton's not that bad. Milton Keynes is just full of roundabouts, um, but you've also got mini roundabouts. Now, I've seen a lot of people um, when they're driving actually do a U-turn around a mini roundabout. Now, I was always under the illusion, now I could be wrong, that you can't actually do U-turns on a mini roundabout. You can on the big big roundabouts because you've got the space to do it because i've seen people on a mini roundabout do a u-turn but they're almost having to do like a three-point turn 
to then get their car around so anyone that's trying to join the roundabout it's you know caused a lot of congestion there are you allowed to legally or are you not so legally you are allowed to do a u-turn on a mini roundabout however you do need to consider if it's actually appropriate to do a mini um, a u-turn on a roundabout yeah. it's actually illegal to reverse on a roundabout so if you are re- having to reverse it's probably not appropriate to do a u-turn but it is you can do a u-turn on a roundabout if it is safe ah okay okay that makes sense so if if they're having to reverse is it's that's the aspect that's um illegal so yeah i i because i always see cars do it and i think i'm sure that's not allowed so you know now that's made clear uh so um road rage speeding accidents all these things are on the rise um shazia do you think um people should go on refresher courses so drivers that have been driving for an x number of years in your opinion do you think that refresher courses should be made available for these people refresher courses are always available so it's not the matter of they're not available you can contact any instructor at any point for refresher courses um yes i would actually because over time i know that there are drivers out there that have probably passed many years ago that do not know the rules and regulations of roundabouts because they've got into so many bad habits that you start to do things that are a bit dangerous so if you're feeling a little bit unsafe out on the roads it's always best to take refresher lessons and then and get back to the skill set of being safe out on the roads. Oh wow, I didn't realize that you could actually stop and just go on a refresher refresher test. Well, of course. I guess there's no mandatory testing after that. It's just you if you feel that actually I'm, I I need to just understand the roads again. So it's it's a self-initiative. It's not something that the government It involved. is a self-initiative. Like you mentioned earlier that you're obviously scared of going on the motorway. So my suggestion to you would be that you would need some further training to be on that motorway, get a little bit more confident, and then you are actually a safe driver, even with your children in the back, that you can drive on that motorway and be safe. Yes. And and I guess uh, I think that will be an option that I will definitely be exploring. Uh, my fear is I think it's the size of my car. I have, um, what shall I have six children. So I've got an eight seat. So it's like a mini van. So when I'm driving it, I just feel like I'm driving a van. So from going to back in the days when I had my little polo to now having an eight seater, it's just, it, I think it's just, um, the the change of the car but you know that shouldn't really matter i i think i should shouldn't it's all down to practice and the more practice you get in in that vehicle the more confident driver you're actually going to become yeah because you have drivers out there obviously driving lorries and all sorts of vehicles so it shouldn't be something that should hold you back Yes, absolutely. Right. You've motivated me now. Uh, so, uh, Shantia, I, I'm guessing there are going to be lots of stories that you can share with us. But can you can you share one of your scariest moments as a, as a driving instructor? Okay. So one of probably, obviously, driving instructors probably won't say they've had scary, but there are scary moments out there. I had a very, like, a test standard um, student and I'd sat in the car and literally she started the engine but I wasn't thinking that she's going to actually move away and as she moved away she lost control of the car and she drove into the parked vehicle that was on the opposite side and I wasn't actually ready because I just sat in and I was just getting ready but and she was a test standard as well so I wasn't expecting her to sort of lose control of the car as soon as she sat in but the rule about being an ADI is no matter how good your student is you just need to be on guard non-stop yes yes yeah that's probably one of the scariest moments Gosh. we drove into a park vehicle oh wow that's terrible um um on on a lighter note a funny moment any any funny moments that you've had Oh, I really can't think of any funny moments, but it's probably been really difficult teaching my own children, and they probably have a lot of stories to tell. <laughs> yeah. That's probably been the funniest. I'll have to interview them one day and say, uh, uh, you know, um, expose, expose mummy. How's mummy really as a driving instructor? They will, they will have no nice words to say about me. I already know that. 
Oh, I, I guess it's very hard because, you know, as we said, when when it's your own children, we have a different expectation from them. So, you know, it's 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 yeah. you expect so much more for them. And then also, you you know, because then when my children would obviously do something wrong, then my approach to them would be very different. And they would be like, do you teach your students like this? And I said, no, I don't teach my students like this. But my students don't lip me back either because they've always got a smart answer for everything. So that's the difference between teaching your own children and on a professional level teaching a student yes absolutely and and you know and i i think rightly so we should be um you know we should raise the bar when it comes to our own children because that's you know parenthood that's all all about parenting and getting your children to not um not be bog standard you want them to be one of the best you know and you want them to be as you say safe drivers i i just can recall i mean i went to my daughter's parents evening yesterday at school and um a lot of her teachers were oh you know she's doing so well and she kept looking at me and i was i was just nodding away and you know and agreeing with the teachers yes she's good she's doing fine but she said you didn't you didn't say oh well done mom you didn't you didn't you didn't pat me on this and I said, well, you know, it's early days. You have she's in her final year of her GCSEs. So I, I'm I'm such a firm parent and sometimes I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. And maybe you could shed some light having had teens that have gone through it all. But I don't want her to become complacent in what she's doing at the moment. And I think that if I her dad's very different because her dad's constantly praising her and constantly saying to her, You're doing really well. And I said to her, I'm very proud of you, but I do think you can do better. And I just keep her going because she hasn't sat her exams yet. So until she doesn't sit those exams, those words can't come out my mouth. And am I being too firm? I don't think you're being too firm. So as a parent, you want the best for your children. Now she's getting the praise from one parent, which is good. So it's not, you know, it's important not to be too harsh on your children. But as long as she's getting praise from her dad, and then obviously you need to step like you said, set that standard very high so that you want them to achieve much more than, and you know your child and you know what they're capable of. And if you know they're capable of much more, they should put that effort in and try harder. Okay, thank you. So my parenting's not so bad. So uh, Shazia, cars are increasingly changing now because we've got electric cars and I'm sure by the time my kids learn how to drive, it'll be flying cars. You know, would you give anyone that is looking to drive now uh, any advice about what kind of car to learn on? You know, I know you do um, manual, but do you think that's going to go away? Is it going to be automatic, manual? What, what should people yeah, do? I think over the years, obviously, manual cars will probably disappear. But um, uh, I think it's important to stay with the times, but you still need to remember that manual is actually really important as well. I'm very old school and I like my manual vehicle, but as times are changing, you've got the electric cars and, you you know, you know the autos, all the, the youngsters and the teenagers are eager to turn, learn on uh, an actual automatic, which is absolutely fine also. Okay. Uh, I'm sure Brother Tarek will have an answer of his own, but I have to ask you this women or men who's the best drivers i would say women because i'm a woman yeah and we're safer <laughs> we are safer we are more relaxed and safer drivers thank you so much for your time this morning we are now at the thank end thank you of- for having me thank you thank you for listening to our podcast why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefm luton